0: Welcome to Crime, Corruption, and Cocktails, the true crime podcast where we look at cases of corruption and negligence and examine their historical and cultural implications. Today, I'm
1: drinking an angry orchard. What do you have, Del? I am drinking a mango white claw, and on this week's episode, we are going to look at Elliot Roger and the murder spree he went on after not having the life he felt he deserved. Elliot Roger is also known as the incel killer. And his connection with the online incel community had chilling effects beyond just his crime spree we talked about the incel community during the episode focused on bianca devins and how disgusting their reaction to her death was in this episode we're going to explore how creating a world filled with irrational hate can lead to dangerous consequences. Before we get into the crimes of Elliot Roger, let's look at his background. Elliot Oliver Robertson Roger was born on July 24, 1991, in London, England, to British filmmaker Peter Roger and Lee Chen Roger. He moved to Los Angeles, California, when he was five with his parents and younger sister. His parents divorced, and his father went on to re Mary. Elliot had a strained relationship with his new stepmother. Starting from the age of eight, Elliot was in the care of multiple therapists. Due to his mental troubles that were never formally diagnosed, Elliot was bullied in school. During ninth grade, he wrote in his diary that he cried every day after school. Around the same time period, Elliot dove into the online world through the game World of Warcraft. When he turned 18, he became even more isolated. He tried to attend community college, but dropped out of several schools. Elliot dated later that he was unable to make friends, and the people around him recounted later that he frequently rejected people's attempts at friendly interactions with him. This extended into romantic relationships. He often expressed his frustration with his romantic failings through a YouTube channel. He had several negative incidents that he described in his later manifesto. One incident included him throwing coffee on two women, using a super soaker filled with orange juice on women playing soccer in the park, and throwing a drink on a couple. Another incident that he described as the trigger event for his later act happened in July of 2013 when he was at a party. Roger wrote that after being mocked at a party after he tried and failed to shove some girls over a 10-foot ledge, instead... Other boys pushed him over and his ankle was injured. When he went back for his sunglasses, he was again mocked and beaten. A neighbor saw Roger come home crying and vowing to kill the men involved and then himself. Roger wrote a 107,000-word manifesto
0: named Elliot Roger, My Twisted World, and emailed it to 34 people, including his parents and therapist. He also released a YouTube video named Elliot Roger Retribution. In the video, he says, quote, tomorrow is the day of retribution, the day in which I will have my revenge against humanity, against all of you. For the last eight years of my life, ever since I hit puberty, I've been forced to endure an existence of loneliness, rejection, and unfulfilled desires, all because girls have never been attracted to me. Girls gave their affection and sex and love to other men, but never to me. I'm 22 years old and I'm still a virgin. I've never even kissed a girl. I've been through college for two and a half years, more than that actually, and I'm still a virgin. It has been very torturous. College is the time when everyone experiences those things such as sex and fun and pleasure. Within those years, I've had to rot in loneliness. It's not fair. You girls have never been attracted to me. I don't know why you girls aren't attracted to me, but I will punish you all for it. It's an injustice, a crime, because I don't know what you don't see in me. I'm the perfect guy and yet you throw yourselves at these obnoxious men instead of me, the supreme gentleman, end quote. His manifesto and online forum post also shed light on his feelings toward minorities. He said that he opposed interracial dating and made several racist posts regarding African American, Hispanic, South Asian, and East Asian people, stating that seeing men of these ethnic groups socializing with white women, quote unquote, makes you want to quit life. In his manifesto, Roger made a racist comment regarding another boy, outlining some of his plans, stating, quote, How could an inferior, ugly black boy be able to get a white girl and not me. I am beautiful and I am half white myself. I am descended from British aristocracy. He is descended from slaves. On the day before the day of retribution, I will start the first phase of my vengeance, silently killing as many people as I can around Isla Vista by luring them into my apartment through some form of trickery, end quote. The second part of his plans were what he termed revenge against women. He stated, quote, the second phase will take place on the day of retribution itself, just before the climactic massacre, my war on women. I will attack the very girls who represent everything I hate in the female gender, the hottest sorority of UCSB. End quote. UCSB is, of course, the University of California at Santa Barbara. In September of 2012, Elliot started preparing for his plans by visiting a shooting range where he practiced firing handguns. In November, he purchased a Glock handgun. Later in early 2013, he brought two Sig Sawyer P226 pistols, which he wrote were, quote, much higher quality than the Glock, end quote. These guns were purchased legally, and gun experts later stated nothing in Elliot's past would have prevented him from purchasing the weapons.
1: On May 24, 2013, Elliot Rogers started his deadly murder spree. He killed three people in his apartment, including his two roommates, George Chen and James Hong, and a third man that was visiting. David Wong. He repeatedly stabbed the three men and forensic evidence suggested that Roger killed each man separately. After the stabbings, he brought a coffee and was seen working on his laptop. The manifesto was emailed at 9 18 pm and the video was uploaded at 9 17 pm his therapist called his parents who had also discovered the video they went to the isla vista police at the same time elliot had driven to the alpha 5 sorority house near ucsb he knocked on the door repeatedly but didn't receive any answer he then shot three women that were outside of the sorority house Two of the women, Catherine Cooper and Veronica Weiss, were killed and a third person was injured. He then fired into an unoccupied coffee shop on Perdal Road, then several times into a deli in which one man, Christopher Michaels, was struck seven times and killed. He also shot at another woman, but missed. He then exchanged fire with the sheriff's deputy, responding to a telephone report and struck two pedestrians with his car. Roger shot and wounded three people at Sabato Tarde Street and struck a skateboarder and two cyclists with his car. After turning east on Sabato Tarde, he struck another skateboarder with his car and shot two other men at the intersection. At Sabato Tarde near Little Acorn Park, Roger exchanged gunfire with three sheriff's deputies and was shot in the hip. At 9.35 p.m., police found Roger dead inside his car from a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. In his car were three pistols, knives, six empty 10-round magazines, and 548 rounds of unspent ammunition. In total, Elliot Roger killed six people who were all students of UCSB. He also injured 14 other people. Jenny, what do you think of Elliot Roger and his beliefs? It's all absolutely horrifying. He was incredibly
0: entitled and narcissistic. He got seemingly like everything he wanted from his parents during his childhood. So him not getting girls, something that was really out of his control, was clearly extremely difficult for him to handle. He felt women were owed to him like pretty much all incels do and he thought he was so deserving of everything and just better than everyone else in the world. Like read some of his manifesto if you want and watch some of his videos. It's really scary and very unsettling. In his videos, I feel like there's like no passion behind him based off the way he talks. He seems kind of like A bad actor almost, but there's still so much hate and rage. I mean, the way he stabbed those three guys he was living with, he brutally, brutally killed them. Um, and then to run people over with your car, like how much rage and anger is inside of this person. It's also terrifying. And to be clear, no one is owed anyone's time or attention or anything like that. I understand that the media has like historically shared a certain narrative about heterosexuality and masculinity and what types of men women desire and some people like Elliot and incels take it way too seriously and very literally. He was such a misogynist he wanted control over women and wanted women to literally fear him. He has that either in the manifesto or one of his videos I can't remember. He clearly expected everything to just come to him including friends And I think that was obviously influenced by growing up as privileged as he was. And then we hear, you know, accounts from people that knew him that he didn't really even take to some people trying to be his friend. So is that because he looked down on those people? Like, was he being very selective of who could be around him? What does that, you know, really stem from? And you obviously need to make an effort to have friends and be social. And I don't really think he did that. And I think because of this privilege, he really had like no resiliency to help him overcome things in his life. And he was getting professional help, which is really good, but that can only go so far when you don't take the steps that the professionals are giving you. Like I had heard that a psychiatrist had given him medicine and then he didn't want to take the medicine, which, you know, that happens a lot of times, but I think in- most cases they give you medicine for a reason I don't think he really had like a sense of self or who he was it really seemed like he did everything with other people in mind so it's no surprise that people probably picked up on that and felt that he wasn't a genuine person and people didn't want to date him or be his friend because of that he's also very self-hating I would say he says how much he hates interracial relationship and he himself is biracial so that's kind of another interesting aspect I didn't know about his actions beforehand like throwing coffee on people and orange juice just because there was a happy couple near him or a woman didn't smile at him so he had to throw something on them it's so scary to think about and again it goes back to what he thought he was owed as a person most people get lonely at some point in their life and maybe feel hopeless about relationships but most people don't obsess over it the way that he did and most people can move on and focus on other areas of their lives and Again, I think resiliency has something to do with that. And I do wonder with his dad being in the movie business, if he was more so exposed to superficiality that made him so lonely and had some of these feelings towards women. The last thing I'll say, I think he really wanted attention again I think this could go back to him being super entitled and privileged but I think he just wanted so much attention from people I think that was part of his motive behind everything too wanting to be remembered and you know we'll talk about this later but he kind of got what he wanted unfortunately what about you
1: I definitely agree with you this case is horrifying because you know that there are other people that think the same way There are other people both online and maybe people that are not as in touch with the incel community but still believe everything that they believe. And it's that entitlement, right? It's that... Since that I am the best person in the world. I am the example of how everyone should be. And so with that carries judgment. And so when you hear about how racist he was towards minorities like himself, it gets back to that aspect that you talk about of self-hating. And then that self-hatred because he's not able to reconcile it, turns into outward hatred for the people that he feels like is causing him to hate himself. And for Elliot Roger and a lot of incels, that's women. They constantly say the reason why I hate myself, the reason why my life is not going well, is because of women.
0: Elliot Roger became known as the incel killer. When we last spoke about incels, we dove into who they are, but as a refresher, an incel or involuntary celibate is a person who wishes to have sex or other intimate contact with others, but are unable to for various reasons. Incels see themselves as sexually deprived, not because of any lack of drive, ambition, or hygiene, but because of external forces like biology, feminism, and society at large, the odds are stacked against them. They blame women for their social failing and thus inceldom is tied with misogyny and a desire to return to a world where women are the property of men. Elliot Rodger was explicit with his thoughts on women. Elliot wrote that after purchasing his first gun, he felt, quote, a new sense of power. I was now armed. Who's the alpha male now, bitches? I thought to myself regarding all of the girls who've looked down on me in the past, end quote. He also wrote, quote, I will slaughter every single spoiled, stuck up blonde slut I see in there. All those girls I've desired so much. They have all rejected me and looked down on me as an inferior man, end quote.
1: The incel community made Elliot their saint. They shared memes that superimposed Elliot's face onto that of Christian figures. This also took a dark turn as Roger's attack inspired other incels. It is common to see references to quote-unquote ER in incel forums, and mass violence by incels is regularly referred to as quote-unquote going ER. In a notable example, Alex Manansian killed 10 people and injured another 16 in a car attack in Toronto, Canada. Manassian posted on Facebook before the murders, "Quote: Private recruit Manassian, Infantry 00010, wishing to speak to Sergeant Forchan, please." C23249161. The incel rebellion has already begun. We will overthrow all the Chads and Stacy's. All held the supreme gentleman, Elliot Roger. End quote. Jenny, what are your thoughts on how the incel community reacted to Elliot Roger?
0: It's so horrifying and disgusting and disturbing, but it's not that surprising being familiar with incels. Elliot Roger did what some of them wish they could do. So Elliot was clearly a god to them. They're all very pathetic. Elliot especially is very pathetic and it's just disgusting and scary like I said that people think this way and want to violently act on these thoughts. Of course there's unfair things in the world. The odds are stacked against some people but I don't think the odds are stacked against members of the incel community just because women don't want to date them or have sex with them again like i said earlier some people just get so obsessed with this idea and we talked about this in the bianca devin episode but There's more to life than just like dating and relationships and you're not automatically like cool guy on campus just because you have sex and you have a girlfriend. You know, your life isn't automatically better and it's a very skewed and like simplified way of looking at things and it's almost laughable, but I can't say that because there have been so many people that have acted in violence and anger because of incel beliefs.
1: What do you think? I definitely agree with you. I think that the incel community is one of those communities that become a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way. They say, well, I'm not able to get what I want from women because of all these factors that have nothing to do with me. Then they spew horrifying beliefs and they say the most disgusting things that then turns off women and it just becomes the cycle. And being an incel and holding those beliefs, no woman is going to want to be with you. That's the harsh truth, but I feel like they don't hear it enough because they regress into their own bubble of incel communities and forums and they just constantly get reassurance from other incels that their beliefs are right and that eventually, like Alex Menancien said, they're going to have an incel rebellions where essentially what they want to do is murder a bunch of people that have nothing to do with them and has done nothing against them and i think that's sad many killers
0: use a manifesto video essay or other means to express their intentions to commit acts of violence and perhaps the most famous example adolf hitler wrote mein Kampf as a political manifesto outlining what he stated were the two world evils communism and judaism When it comes to the Manifesto of Killers, there has been some debate as
1: to the ethics of it. Jenny, do you think the Manifestos of Killers should be available to the public?
0: Yes and no. Part of me thinks that there's no real benefit for the average person to read a manifesto and that... It can go on to inspire people and become some type of holy word, which I know we're going to discuss in a second, but I do think it can be helpful for professionals to research and educate people with. I really liked the article that you had shared, Del, and we'll include that in our resources for the episode, but the author had talked about the importance of context when looking at killer's manifesto. So if there's context that's provided to show people that it isn't okay to think Or say these things or that you know if you're kind of feeling this way maybe you need to get help or to help people realize like this is what hate and misogyny um, with Elliot Rogers manifesto looks like for example then I think it's acceptable I think it's definitely um, a complex issue what do you think
1: Yeah, I definitely think it's one of those things where the public good needs to outweigh any potential harm that it can cause. So in that, I do think that we should make manifestos public because they serve as a record for the intentions. Many people wonder if publishing this type of content, that being killer manifestos and other things that have been written or said by killers, inspires copycats. A copycat crime is a criminal act that is modeled or inspired by a previous crime. The copycat effect is the alleged tendency of cessational publicity about violent murders or suicides to result in more of the same through imitation. The term was first coined around 1916 due to the crimes that were inspired by Jack the Ripper. Due to the increase of replicated crimes, criminologists soon began to believe that media coverage played a role in inspiring other criminals to commit crimes in a similar fashion and even for non-criminals to begin committing crimes when they otherwise might not have done so. Lauren Coleman, in her book The Copycat Effect, that describe the effect that the media has on crimes and suicide, which are inspired by crimes that have been widely covered across the media. Coleman's view on the media is that the constant coverage of these events, rather than events with a positive message, gives these criminals a type of fame. The five minutes of fame, book, or movie that is dedicated to these criminals provokes individuals with a tendency to behave in a similar way. Jenny, do you think reporting on someone's criminal act inspires others?
0: I think it definitely can. I'm not sure, statistically speaking, how common, like copycat killers are, but we definitely have heard of cases with Ted Bundy and the Columbine shooters. We talked about Alex Manassian and then there was another shooter in Tallahassee, Florida that was inspired by Elliot Rogers. I think it definitely does influence people to commit or attempt to commit horrible crimes. Like I said earlier, I think Elliot Rogers really wanted attention and I think that there are some people that are just so desperate for attention one way or another to just be recognized and known or to have their like beliefs validated that the media is a really big influence I guess you could say on them the media is something that's really important to them and we've seen other killers like thrive off the people that love to give interviews things like that people want to be known I think it's it's a human trait people want to be recognized but some people can obviously take that way too far
1: what do you think I definitely agree. It reminds me of a saying, and I'm probably going to butcher it, but it goes along the lines of it's better to be infamous than unknown. And I think that a lot of these killers, especially serial killers and mass shooters, school shooters, all in those categories, they thrive on that. They feel like they're not going to be able to get the attention that they want or desire from legitimate means. And so they get that attention from harming others because they have recognized from previous cases in the media that that's how you get attention.
0: That wraps up this week's case. Thank you for listening. Let us know in the comments what you think about Elliot Roger. You can read more about this case and how to support us in the links below. We will be back next week with a brand new episode focused on the murder of Gianni Versace. As always, stay safe.